What's going on, guys? This is episode 11 of the Four Lifters by Lifters podcast, and we have uh, today IFBB Pro Sean Clarita with us. What's going on? And uh, he's a he's a pretty high level competitor right now. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about his history in bodybuilding and uh, see where it goes from there. So when did you start like uh, actively pursuing competing? I was actually in college. So um, I wrestled in high school. I started my junior year. I was only 103 pounds. Um, obviously, started my, starting senior year, I was started for the team as well. Fell in love with the sport, and I wanted to continue into college. So, I, But I wanted to stay close to home. Um, so I actually reached out to the coaches at Roddy University, which is in New Jersey. It's a D1 program. I said, hey, you know, I love wrestling. I want to come to the school and wrestle. And they said, yeah, you know, you, gotta, you obviously have to earn your spot. And uh, so when I got to, got to the rider, I was still really underweight. Like I was only 105, 110 pounds at the time. And the starting class is 125. So the coach said, hey, if you ever want a chance to start, you got to get bigger. You know, you got to, you know. So when my teammates were actually running to cut weight, because most of the wrestlers have to cut weight. Wearing the trash bags. And, yeah, of yeah. course, of course. I was actually in the gym and in the cafeteria eating and training to actually get bigger. So I didn't need to cut anything. I need to put on size. Um, in the midst of all that, it was actually a bodybuilder by the name of Tom Garuba. He was actually at my gym training. He was an old school bodybuilder from the 70s. Um, he saw me, looked at me, said, hey, you have a great physique. You ever thought about competing? I'm like, you know, what's that? I have no idea. The only thing I knew about that was guys in a little speedos, like that style by style. <laughs> but um, he showed me all his videos from back in the day, all his trophies, his accolades, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I was like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll try it. Why not? So he, uh, it was January of 2005. He, he started training me, taught me how to pose, the whole nine yards. Three months later, I was on, I did my first show, which was in May of 2005. Were you was, still wrestling at that time? I was. Okay. This is the funny part. I'll get to that after. Uh, did my first show. Literally the next day, I quit wrestling. <laughs> Went to the coach and said, "Hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I started this bodybuilding thing. I love it. I want to give my absolute all into it. So I'm, I'm, pr- I'm going to pursue that." And I literally quit wrestling that next day. Um, crazy because I had a chance to possibly start soon, and I was given the opportunity to try something that I've never done. But you weren't losing anything on terms of scholarship. No, I was a walk on, so I was paying for everything regardless. Yeah. yeah. So you do what makes you happy. Yeah, you know, again, I, I, I fell in love with it instantly after my first show. I placed third out of five in a novice uh, lightweight class, and it was just the, the rush, the adrenaline, being on stage and the posing, and it was just something about that just really caught my eye and, and, and something I, I loved. And I continued on, obviously, and pursued that thing and with no, no, no expectations of what's going to happen. I just kind of just loved doing it. And obviously, fast forward 15 years now, I'm still doing it, still loving it, just like I did the first day. So how old were you on that first competition? 23 years old. You were 23? Yep. Did you have to like actively diet, or were you so lean that you could kind of just walk into the show? Yeah, I was, st- I was literally getting by on cafeteria food. So <laughs> I didn't, again, I was brand new. I didn't know about weighing your food and eating super lean. I was literally eating oatmeal, egg whites, chicken breast, and rice from the cafeteria every day. Bro food. That's, that's it. Yeah. So I, I wasn't literally cutting weight. I was just getting leaner or more conditioned. Um, so that's pretty much what, what, what worked for me in the beginning. So your first show was at 23. You got your rush. Uh, where did that take you? Uh, continue on. Literally that first year, I did like four or five shows. So I, And at this point in time, I had no ideas about um, federations. I didn't know what that what that meant. I didn't know who did what. I just If there's a show locally, I'm going to it. Right. So if I drove to Syracuse. I drove here. I was everywhere, literally. And then once I started figuring more about the bodybuilding thing, learning more about federations, um, I started competing naturally as a natural um, bodybuilding organization. Turned pro with them, did a few shows with them, obviously, as a pro. Uh, IMBF, WMBF. IMBF, okay. Yeah, 
did that for a couple of years, five, six years. And, you know, in the midst of all that, I knew what the NPC was. I knew what the Mr. Olympia was. And I had a lot of friends that were competing in the IFBB. Um, one mainly, Jose Raymond, who was like, hey, you need to come into the NPC because no one can touch you as a weight. And I'm like, you know, maybe one day we'll see. Um, but I was having fun where I was. And eventually got to the point where, you know, I had won the world championships with the IMBF, WMBF. And it's like, I need more of a challenge. Because after you win the world, there's not much more you can do. So 2010, I left the uh, WMBF and entered the NPC. 2011 was my first NPC, NPC show back. Um, I did the Mid-Atlantic again, which is the first show I did ever. Okay. In 2005, I came back, did the same show again, I won the overall and the Bantamweight class. I did the Team Universe, I won that. I won the Bev Francis. So I was like, hey, I'm going to the Nationals. I'm going to go for my pro card. First year MP, back in the NPC, I got crushed. <laughs> I literally got, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's like, ugh, because I just won this, this show, this show, this show. And then I go to the biggest show for a pro card, and I get absolutely destroyed. Last call out. It's it like was, being the, uh, like the last seed in the NBA yeah, playoffs. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's, <laughs> especially when you're just high, you just want these shows, and then you go here. It's like, you know. But it was fine. It, it was obviously a wake-up call. It let me know that um, these lo- the local shows, I was just, it was good. But for that next stuff, we really had to bring it 100%. Right. And I did that. I got back home after that 2011 Nationals and really got to work, put on more size, and I came back the next year and won the class in my pro card. So did you do all this on your own? Uh, yes. In the beginning, I did everything on my own. I did hire a coach eventually, Dr. Joe Klemensky. He's out of uh, Indiana. Um, he's actually my coach in the IMBF as well. Okay. So he helped me when I transitioned to the NPC, helped me get my pro card, and uh, yeah, so he's with me. For what did time. your coach do? Like he helped you with your diet, your training, yeah. all of that? It's, it's mainly just diet and nutrition. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All the posing, all the training, that's, that's I was always done myself. For the most part, actually, the the first time I ever saw you in person mm-hmm. was actually at um, was in Teaneck when Meadows won his pro card. Oh yeah, 2015, I believe. Well, yeah. Yeah, we just like walked by each other. I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. I think I saw him <laughs> on the internet. He's actually my he's actually my training coach now, John Meadows. John is. Yes. Yeah, we had him out last year, and he's just the the nicest guy. And that was the first time I ever met him in person. Yeah. And when we talked on the phone, like I thought he was just being business nice yeah like no. like he no. maybe he wanted something out of me so he was being nice and then i picked him up from the airport and he was just nice the entire time that's john yeah yeah that's absolutely he's very knowledgeable he's been around for a very long time um he actually Are you calling him old no <laughs> i'm calling i call it wisdom yeah no but um his first pro show was the 2015 vancouver pro I was actually in the same show when I was his client. Yeah. And I felt bad because I won. And I obviously beat him. I'm like, fuck, I, I can't. This is weird to me. It probably made him so happy, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it, it just, for me, it hurt because it's like, you know, I know he wants to win and he's training, he's training me to beat him. So that's why I kind of like transitioned to made him my training coach versus just my nutritional coach. Okay. So you, yeah. right now you have a separate coach for training and diet? Yeah. So John does all my training programs and Matt Jansen does all my nutrition. Is there that much of a difference between how the guys approach nutrition? Oh, absolutely. Every coach is different. Um, the one thing I think that Matt changed in my program was I wasn't eating enough food because um, I trained hard and I just wasn't putting on the size. And because I was training so hard, I was just burning through all the fuel. So he came in. He's like, the reason why you're not growing and progressing because you're not eating enough. Again, go back to college. I was getting by on three or four meals a day. Right. So for me, that was a lot. I needed to get up to six, seven meals a day. And it was a lot of white rice, a lot of beef, bison. And uh, so that was the biggest change i made in my program since working with uh matt so what was the weight that you turned pro at uh, 143 pounds and how much you weigh now on stage no, i was just just all oh, right now i'm yeah. r- roughly 200 pounds so when you transitioned from you know 140 uh all the way up 
were you doing like dirty bulking? Were you eating pizzas, burgers? Oh, absolutely. You think all that stuff's necessary? I've always believed that this is my saying, calories in, calories out. And when I say that, it means I can eat the ice cream, the cookies, the pizza, because I'm going to utilize that in the gym. Um, and that's always worked for my body. It wasn't until this past year where I really just focused on giving 100% to my diet. In the past, I was, you know, I hate to say this, but I was only doing about 85% in the off season, And I was doing very well. And obviously, after placing third at the Olympia last year, it's like, you know what? I need to bring 110% this year. I just can't half-ass like I've been doing in the past. So literally this year, I kind of cut all the junk food out. I didn't really eat anything off my diet. It was literally the same meals as I eat in season and my off season. Just, just more volume. Exactly. Yeah. More white rice, a lot more, a little, a little bit more protein, not too much more protein, but as many of the carbs and the fats. Do you think that that approach to diet works for guys that are smaller uh, when they start and they're always trying to get bigger? Because that's how I was when I graduated high school. I was 130 pounds, yep. and when I competed in powerlifting, uh, I was about 215. Yep. And I did that in about two and a half years. So right. obviously, I wasn't bodybuilding, so yeah. I, body fat wasn't as important. Okay. Um, but I, at one point, I was eating so much food that I I needed to eat a large pizza every day just to keep the calories in. I had to take the bus to class because if I walked, I lost 10 pounds. It's the calories. And I tell these young guys today, like especially younger, younger the lighter guys, go out don't enjoy yourself you're still young you know you want to have the pizza the cake go for it you're going to use it in the gym and then like no i have to eat my my fish am i right i, I get that i totally get it but like if you want to put those more calories you're not going to be able to get as much calories in eating clean foods you're going to have to throw in a burger or a pizza here and there to get really get those calories in do you think that's why we don't see as many like big young kids now is that they're maybe too concerned with keeping their physique in shape and being beach ready i mean they hear that you know if you're a bodybuilder you're a bodybuilder you're around but no I, I think everyone's just focused on social media too everyone wants to look good on social media that's fair so i think that's the biggest you know biggest deterrent there so if you had to pick one do you enjoy the food aspect of of bodybuilding or the training training so oh it, if bodybuilding shows and it's tomorrow i'll still be in the gym training the same way yeah, I think that that's the biggest catalyst for how much food you can eat, right? Oh, absolutely. So if you're training hard and, and just, you know, balls out when you're in the gym, yeah. then, you know, you're obviously going to be able to eat more. Oh, of course. And you're going you're gonna to have to sometimes force feed. You know, there's days where I just don't want to eat. Especially when I'm not training that day, it's like I still have to get those calories in. Right. I just, uh, I think when people think about eating burgers and ice cream mm -hmm. and all that stuff uh and they think about getting fat i think the biggest piece that they're missing is how hard guys like you are training in the gym to be able to put all those calories to use exactly so. exactly i mean again it's especially during like a heavy back day or heavy leg day you need those calories you need those fat to to get through that workout especially i mean i believe in you know high fats high carbs the day before and especially even more so after i train legs you said high fats and high carbs? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Usually it's like one or the other, I feel like. I uh, just both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just It's both. <laughs> so uh, is this your career? Is bodybuilding your career? Yes. Thankfully, it is. Absolutely. When did that switch turn on to where you could say, this is what I'm going to pursue. This is how I'm going to pay my bills and, and feed my family? Uh, 2017. It's a crappy story. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I hate talking about it because it's like it irks me. Um, so I, I, 2017, I had a full-time job and, um, you know, obviously my bosses, they were all on board with me, uh, competing and they wished me luck and all, you know, all nine yards. So I had taken off obviously for the Olympia. I took like 10 days off from work. They knew I was competing. And, um, I literally, the day I was coming home on the, on the flight, I got an email saying, like, Hey, unfortunately we have to let you go. We have to find someone that's, you know, that can be here. I'm like, but you knew I was competing. 
you know, but I was like, you know what, maybe this is my, this is my time. This is what's telling me that, you know what, it's time to make this, you know, your full-time thing and really give 100%. And at that time, that's when my, my physique kind of switched a little bit because now I'm focusing more on just the training and the rest aspect. Okay. So that's when I really started doing a lot, a lot better. I had won two shows in 2017. I won the 2018 New York Pro. So I'm doing extremely well in Olympia. So it was that kind of, that change that really progressed my physique, I think. Okay. Were you, were you only making money off of like uh, supplement sponsorships yeah. or mm-hmm. uh, what other sponsorships are out there? Uh, right now, I'm with obviously NutriBio and also with Gasp Apparel. Gasp. Mm-hmm. Okay. So clothing and stuff. I, I feel like um, a lot of people, at least we have a lot of young kids, and they say, uh, you know, I want to turn pro. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they think that when they turn pro in bodybuilding, that all of a sudden their bank account's going to change. <laughs> and it, it's just it's very common for people to think like that. And one of my very good friends, he owns a gym locally here. Uh, he um, he got his pro card, I think, t- what two years ago, I think 2018. And um, you know, he's he, the only thing that changed really is that you know his sign out front of his gym. You know, it says IFBB Pro and it has his name on it. But you know, his bank account didn't change. Nothing. <laughs> you know, if anything, he has to pay more to keep that fee say, or yeah, to keep that yeah, card. Exactly. Um, but I just uh, I feel like if you're if you want to make money in this sport, like there has to be a moment where you're just saying this is what I'm going to do, and you just go all out towards it. It's literally I have this conversation like almost every day with young yeah. guys. Like, hey, I want to turn pro, and then get this sponsorship and just live the lot like it's not gonna happen and it's not gonna happen even if you turn pro there's no guarantee that you're gonna be able to get sponsored and make it to the next level there's only very few bodybuilders who are successful money monetarily wise yeah so i tell these young guys if you're doing it for the fame the money and all that the glitz and glams don't do it because you're gonna be really broke and really upset when you spend all this money on food and supplements just to get to that stage and then after you win the pro card you look back and you're broke yeah and you have to feel like you're on a hamster wheel too. Of course. Because if you if you stop training, if you stop eating, your your finances go to shit. Of course. So you have to love to do it, or else you're gonna feel like you're in jail, and you have to do it. Yeah, I I, I said like if bodybuilding shows in it tomorrow, I'd still be in the gym because I love the training aspect. I love to see my body progress, get better, improve, and that's why I do it. I, the bodybuilding shows are great, and it, it it's a platform for me to show off my hard work. But it's not the reason why I do it because of the show. I do it because I love, tra- I truly love training. Yeah. So let's uh, segue into training a little bit. Okay. Uh, I saw you post a video the other day, and uh, you're you're training legs, and might have been yesterday. Oh yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. And uh, so I saw that you were training legs. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your philosophy with training? And I know that you said you're coached by John, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you're picking your movements to an extent. To an extent, yeah. Um, but you you did uh like three ridiculously heavy compound sets and a lot of people feel like that might be like too much mm, uh, yeah to each your own when i say that like i need to literally kill everybody part um like i said john obviously writes some of my programs out for me but he trusts me he knows that if i want to add an extra exercise in or remove something and, and then replace it with something else he's okay with that um so like especially for legs and that's the biggest body part you got you have to absolutely annihilate legs in order to really get them to grow and improve um, I'm a big believer in squats. Obviously, as I've gotten older and I don't recover as fast, you know, regular barbell squats don't really work for me. Um, I'm a big believer in belt squat and safety squat bar. Um, and obviously, you have to do a pressing movement. So I try to get at least three to four good exercises in our legs. And every, every body part, like chest, back, shoulders, pretty much the same thing. It's always heavy. 
So even though the the motions are relatively similar, I think you had like a pendulum squat on there, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like a leg press or a hack. Leg press. And then you had something else that was compound. Belt squat. I mean, they're all very similar motions. Yeah. You don't feel like that's redundant at all? It's it's the way I, I place my feet. So a lot of people don't realize, like, my I might go wider on squats. I go a little bit narrow on, like, um, the leg press. And then my pendulum squat is actually really closer, and my, my, my toes are pointed out. And that's working the outer part of your exactly. quad? Exactly. Okay. So I'm always changing foot positions. It may look the same, but the position and how I, I move throughout the movement is always going to be different. So you have different when you when you change exercises, you have actual like different target areas and a different purpose for doing and each re- one. That and the fact that certain movements don't feel right on my like on my knees as well. So I know I can't get I can't go straight on or the pendulum squats. I'm gonna kill my knees. So I'm gonna turn my legs out this way. Same thing with with my squats. I try to hit the entire leg. You know, adductors, glutes, hamstrings, quads. So I may go more of a like a, a neutral squat, a neutral position where I'm like shoulder width. And then on the leg press, I may just kind of just go a little bit more narrow stance and kind of maybe point my toes out a little bit sometimes, maybe not, depending on the actual um, machine I'm on as well. Because obviously different machines hit it differently as well. Yeah. Do you uh, do you train heavy compound movements for all of your body parts? Absolutely. So can you give us, I mean, I haven't seen a, a recent like chest workout, but can mm-hmm. you give us like a rundown of if you were hitting chest today, what it would look like? So I go in and um, I do dumbbell squat, dumbbell presses for, I'll do maybe two, three warm ups, And then I go into two all out sets of eight to 10 reps. Uh, I work my way up to 150s, 160s dumbbells. Then I'm going to go, to go into uh, barbell incline. Uh, that's one of John's, my main movements, because that's what John really wants to bring up, my upper chest. Okay. So every week I'm doing incline uh, barbell press. And you feel like the barbell hits it harder than the dumbbell? I do, personally, yeah. Okay. I do, absolutely. I feel like I get a lot more out of the barbell than I would the dumbbell and that, for that particular movement. Okay. And then I'll do, again, two warm sets there. Not Maybe two just there, because I'm already starting to get warmed up, so I don't need to go three. Two warm, I always do a feeder. i got to feel, feel it out, make sure I'm feeling good. Make yeah. sure position is hitting right, and then I go into my two all-out sets there. Um, then I may do another pressing movement. If not, I'm going to go into a fly to obviously come doing, doing too heavy pressing. I need to open up a little bit more now, go into a fly movement, and then I finish with dips to really stretch everything out. Do you ever reverse that? Like, are there times where you're doing your isolation movements first as, like, a pre-exhaust or push them? No? No. Never, never happens? No. I, 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 need to, I need to get those heavier movements out the way first. I'd rather finish at the end with cable movements or machine mm-hmm. uh, versus putting those toward the uh, beginning. So just me personally, obviously I'm not a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. but if I, uh, if I were to train you know, uh, dumbbell incline, uh, barbell incline, my shoulders activated at that point. Yeah. So if I were to yep. try to hit flies afterwards, I feel like I'm mainly using my shoulder like uh, because there's just so much blood in that. Yeah. So how do you prevent that from happening? Well, those movements are more so just more of a squeezing movement. I mean, they're, not, they're not really going to build as much. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going as, as heavy as I would on everything else. So for me, I may you know just focus more on a squeeze, bring my shoulders back, and just focus on the chest at that point in time. Okay. Whereas you know the, the dumbbell presses, the incline, that's more that's going to be obviously shoulder dominant as well. But again, I want to get those heavy moves out the way. Because if I do cables first or machine first, pre-exhaust the chat, I, I'm not going to have anything left, personally, for those yeah. for those those heavy movements. Okay. Did you, uh, through your years competing, have you had, like, body parts that the judges are like, this just isn't going to, you know, hack it? Oh, yeah. My back and my chest have been my weaker areas for years now. And because of that, um, John and I have put together my program where I'm doing chest twice a week and back twice a week. Okay. Are same workouts or... No, so this, so I do. We do a pump day, so so say I do, which I do now. My, my back day on Monday is usually a heavy compound day. So if I get a rundown on my back day, it's usually um, 
a barbell row, a dumbbell row, um, a reverse row, dumb, you know, anything like that is more compound stuff. And then I'll train back again on Friday, and that's more so cable and machine work. So obviously I'm doing the dumbbells and barbells on Monday. This next day I'm going to do like cable pull-downs, uh, cable rows, things like that. Maybe so, hammer strength equipment. Exactly, like all the equipment. Yeah, like hammer strength equipment as well yeah. for sure. Same thing with chess, barbell work, dumbbell work on that Tuesday. That Saturday or uh, that Friday, whatever it is going to be, more so cable flies, uh, cable presses, machine presses. So how many days a week do you train? If that's um, four prep, right there. Six. In prep, it's in six? In prep, it's six days. Okay. Are you yeah. in prep now? Uh, two weeks from now, we'll be. Okay. So how many days a week are you training right, right now? Right now, just five. Okay. Yeah, just five. And that's right still now. giving you adequate rest to yep. recover and grow? Absolutely. Okay. What about, um, what, what about cardio? From a guy who naturally, your body probably wants to shrink. Oh, yeah. So where do you stand on that? Right now, in the off-season, I do no cardio. Zero? I've never done cardio in the off-season. I know people say it's bad for you. It's bad for your heart. I train hard enough where I'm getting that, that cardio during my workouts. And again, like you said, it's as a hard gainer, someone who who needs to eat a lot of food in order to keep my weight as well as grow, I can't, I can't do the cardio. If I did cardio every day, for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, be like 160 pounds right You'd be now. right back yeah, down yeah, where you exactly. started. As a band weight again. Yeah. It, it doesn't work for me. What about prep though? Uh, it, it will vary. So we'll start prep about maybe three or four days in the beginning for like 20, 30 minutes. And as we go along toward the end, it'd be like an hour and a half a day. Okay. And are you doing uh, like steady state? Steady state. Uh, I prefer the Stairmaster. Um, okay. I believe it's the hardest one. So I want to do the hardest thing and that's always the best thing. Yeah. Plus it really hits your hamstrings and glutes too. So. It's funny how you have people that want to do cardio but just want to walk in the park. Um, and then there's people that want to do cardio and treat it like it's their heaviest, you know, squat set. I see that. It's like, you're, how do you get anything from walking? I just yeah. don't see it. Unless it's like you're walking in a sauna or something, maybe. But that's about it. Yeah, it's a different type of stress <laughs> that way. Yeah. Uh, so which show are you doing next? So we are qualified for the 2020 Olympia. Obviously, placing third last year automatically qualified me. Um, I just want to focus on Olympia. You know, this is the second year last year was the first year I had the full year off to prepare just for the one show. Uh, I qualified early in 2018. I said, you know, finally. Because in years past, I was doing two, three, four shows prior to Olympia just to qualify. And by the time you get to Olympia, you're just shot. You're, you're just dieted for, you know, seven, eight, nine months. Yeah. By the time I get to Olympia, it's like I don't have it anymore. Like my body's just tired and beat up. I've done well, but when 2019 rolled around, I had the full year to prepare for it. I was abs at my absolute best. And it showed because I obviously placed third, and that was my best look ever, um, conditioning-wise, size-wise, symmetry, everything. Yeah, I actually, uh, your standalone shot that the photographer took, I the, actually the took a... up one? No, okay. I, I think, <laughs> I forget what you're doing, maybe, um, I forget what the pose was, but I actually screenshot it, because when when you stand by yourself, mm -hmm. your symmetry is insane. Thank you. Like, uh, and I actually sent it to one of my employees, and I was like, dude, look at this guy. <laughs> like, it just looks wild. Thank you. Uh, but you have a very, I feel like, small joints. Yes. Right? And that helps uh, change the illusion. Muscle of, belly. Yeah. I, my body really emulates Flex Wheeler, I think, a lot. Um, my training style is Ronnie Coleman, but my body is Flex Wheeler, I, I always said. Because, again, it's a small muscle joint, you know, small muscle joints to... The muscle belly just full, round, you know, small waist. Uh, like I said, I, I, was, I was 169 pounds at the Olympia last year. Yeah. I mean, people probably wouldn't have guessed it. But, yeah, people say I'm lying sometimes. Like, <laughs> I post my weight. It's like, no, but I'm 169 pounds. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> you know? So, again, this year we're qualified. Um, do the same thing we did last year. Again, I stepped my diet up this year even more. I haven't had any junk. I'm actually right now about 10 to 11 pounds heavier than I started my prep last year. So I started 2019 Olympia at 190 pounds. 
we're starting this one around 200, 205. Okay. So we plan to be on stage. I want to be around 175, 180 this year on stage. Is it difficult for you to assume that things have progressed when you're not as lean to reveal like all the detail? No, absolutely not. You know, oh, like, I know, I've, yeah, I know, I absolutely progressed for sure. I send pictures to both Matt and John. Um, I get their feedback, and they said, you know, just the the, the, the wider your back has been, your arms have gotten a lot bigger. They can see it; they don't need to see the detail to know that I've improved. Yeah, when uh, when you're training, uh, most of the time that I look on Instagram, it's at like a private gym. I have a few different gyms back. Few, <laughs> I, like, yeah, he well, tagged like five different gyms. You have a different gym for everybody. Yeah, because every gym's got <laughs> equipment. Oh, I like training back here. I like training legs here. It's but my main gyms are mainly Signature Fitness um, and Powerhouse in South Pakistan. What is it about those gyms that kind of draw you to them? Signature Fitness, um, it's huge. It's got everything. I mean, I've never been to a gym that's had three or four of everything. Like, you've got three or four different extensions, and it's all different, different angles, different feels. And so, And they're very you know, on, uh, supportive of me and my career. They actually had the Olympia on the TV while I was on stage at the gym playing. Um, so they're very supportive of my career. You know, I go in there, I, 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 I train. They don't bother me at all. Uh, it's been a great, great training there for the past three years now. And uh, is there anything about, like, environment? Like, a, anything like that, Bob? Like, unfortunately, uh, it's not. And unfortunately, it's not. Um, I, don't need, I don't need to be around the bodybuilders to train hard. Um, you got a lot of new, new, new guys in there training. They're just messing around. They're joking around. But for me, when I walk into the gym, it's, I don't look around. I don't look to my left. I don't look to my right. I literally just walk in to where I need to start and finish. I wear a yeah. hat to here. Um, I don't wear tank tops in the gym. That's, that's a big no-no for me. Um, and I just focus on training. Why don't you wear tank tops? Various reasons. So my main reason is I wear 3X t-shirts because I'm comfortable. Um, two, I don't want to see myself in a mirror training. So if I don't see any skin, I'm just going to keep training harder and harder. And three, I want people to really see me and then, or, or, or bother me, really. Yeah, we uh, in our little mini gym, uh, one of our athletes is like, oh, everything's cool, but you, you need to put mirrors up. I'm like, no. no like, I, I, I don't need to see myself. No. Like, I, I just want to assume that I can push harder mm-hmm. and just keep going. I feel like there's a, a moment of uh, gratification if you see yourself, you're all pumped up, your veins are coming out. Big, see, you get it. Exactly. Because you, you get complacent. You get satisfied. You yeah. get very complacent with like, oh, oh, I'm good, you know, and then like, fuck, I'm just going to, no. Like, I might, my three X t-shirts are here and I don't see anything. It's like, fuck, I want to fill this t-shirt out. Yeah. So I'm going to keep training and training and training until I fill it out. And once I fill it out, I'll just go buy a 5X at that yeah. place. <laughs> With uh, with powerlifting, if mm-hmm. if we had a, a training day set up, and most of the time we never truly maxed out, right? Yeah, I always yeah. thought that that was a very negative thing because to me, strength training is more mental okay. than it is a physical feat. Uh, so I always said, like, if we had a day where you're hitting or your goal would be to hit a PR, whether it's a two or three or, or you know a single mm-hmm. rep, uh, you never go for another one afterwards yeah, okay. because you're satisfied, you're happy that you just hit something that's your all time best. Yep, yep. That just changed everything in your brain. You're not going to be as hungry for that next one. Exactly. So even if you smoke it, you shut it down, and you come back the next That's week it. or the next training cycle, yep. and you, you continue to, to just crush your numbers. But as soon as you're satisfied, it just ruins everything. Yeah, for sure. Again, I, it's, I mean, I've had people say, you, you shouldn't wear, you know, you're, you're covering yourself. Like, I don't do it for you. I do it for myself. I mean, I post a lot of training clips. Um, I don't really post progress pictures throughout the year because we know progress pictures don't mean anything. Because it doesn't matter what you look like. We like Miss Olympia six, eight weeks out. Yeah. You get on stage, you get, you know, what happened, you know, so. How much of bodybuilding, especially in the 212 class, do mm-hmm. you think is, is genetic? All of bodybuilding is genetic. Well, <laughs> All of it. I think it's, you have to have some type of gene, good genetics in order to be one of the elite guys. 
But yeah. how do you know that your genetics got you where to where you are, rather than your work ethic? Because like you you have to work hard to kind of reveal the genetics, of course, right? Of course. So if you don't have that, then how do you know if it's your genetics? I mean, I never really paid attention when I was younger. I just trained my ass off and then and showed up and did what I did. Um, but like talking to certain individuals, like you see guys like Phil Heath who turned pro like the second or third show and then just started smoking the Olympia. He's got great genes, and you know, obviously his parents gave him that. And you know, it's like I said, but you have the guys who don't have the best genes, who that have pure heart and work ethic. Branch Warren, people rant on him that he's not the prettiest physique on stage, but he doesn't care about that. He works his ass off and he shows up, and it showed being, by being you know an Arnold Classic champion. As well as placing second at that one, uh, the Olympia back in the back he in was the one of my favorite people to watch. Yeah, uh, you know I didn't go on YouTube or social media much when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, but in the magazines and you know every once in a while you'd see a video clip of something. Uh, I just the intensity. Branch, <laughs> Branch is all business. Yeah, I, I, I was actually in Europe with him two years ago, and even now that he's off, you know, not not training and not competing anymore, he still trains the same way. Like we were in a one gym, and he had he went to the front desk. He's like, crank the fucking music, and they're like, okay, it's, you know, they can tell Branch no. He's, yeah. They crank the music, and he's just rowing, throwing weight around, yelling, screaming, just getting it done. It's crazy. Do you think that that training intensity is necessary? Like, do you do you have to train that hard? Again, it's to each your own. That's for some of us. That's what works for us. Like some people, are like, why do you train so heavy? Like that, that's my body response. I can't go into a gym, lift half the weight, and and be happy. So I guess the the reason why I bring that up is uh, there's a there's a guy in Florida I forget his name um, he's famous like I'm sure you would know him uh, he's a trainer I think he's a pro bodybuilder um, but he the way he has his his clients training is very like slow and controlled Ugh. you know do the contractions uh, I think he might coach like Cody Montgomery I don't I forget the guy's name. Um, but when I see it, like, oh, yeah. I, know like I actually get bored watching the, the, the 15 second clip. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, he's, he's coached a few guys like that. Um, very smart guy, very knowledgeable guy. And, and I don't know if he trained himself like that when he was competing because he was an animal on stage. Um, but yeah, that's not doing it for me. If, especially for young, especially your young guy where you're healthy, your, 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 your recovery is a lot faster than us old guys. Go into the gym, throw some weight around. That's really going to build. People want that quality, hard, granite muscle. It only comes from that style of training. Branch, Ronnie Coleman, Dorian. You look at their physiques on stage, it was just hard, dense muscle because they trained hard every day. Going in, doing a slow, controlled, sleepy movements isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to cut it. Yeah, I feel like if, if you told me that doing that would make me Mr. Olympia, uh, I feel like I wouldn't even do it. It's just not fun. Plus, you'd be there for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd take you about half an hour to get through one exercise. Yeah, I think when, when John came and uh, he did a seminar with Stan Efferding yep. last summer, and that was one of the things that he had mentioned. Stan kind of covered nutrition. John talked about training a little bit, and it was really about reaching, like, the stimulus threshold. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can do it through volume, um, or you can do it through intensity and heavier weight. And, you know, one is going to still have a different result than the other. Yeah. And uh, he was he was kind of harping on that pretty heavily. So um, Same thing with machines and cables. You know, I'm a big, obviously, I use cables and machines. I think they're necessary. Um, but, again, what's really brought up my physique as far as just imp improving is have been the, the, the heavy movements, the barbell rows, the heavy squatting, the heavy pressing. I mean, not not to say that you can't get big off machines and cables, but it, it's you're not going to build that same look. It's a different look. It's a way yeah. different look. 
barbells and dumbbells versus cables and machines. Yeah, I remember watching um, a video with Dave Palumbo and Kevin Lavroni, mm -hmm. and uh, Kevin said something about training. He goes, well, you know, back then we, we didn't have machines. Well, Kevin, I was going to say, Kevin, you know, this guy was, you know, shoulder pressing behind the head with three, four plates. So you're not, and he's, you know, he's benching every week four or five plates normally. Like, all those guys train that way. Yeah. There wasn't much machines, cabling. I mean, we've all seen the Ronnie Coleman videos. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Ryan do a cable crossover ever, personally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. he was one of the best ever. And the physique showed. So, uh, just to touch on the off-season, uh, mm -hmm. when when you're training this intense, well, your purpose with food, is it to to grow? Is it to, to fuel your workouts, to recover? Like, what's like what do you think about when you're eating? Growing. Growing? This is my time to grow because once, once the pre-contest starts – um, the cardio is going to start, obviously. Um, I may lose a little bit of weight over the first couple of weeks. Um, so right now, when I take, I want to take as much um, time now to grow, grow, grow. This way, once I start cutting down, I'll still be able to come in a little bit heavier than I was last year. Okay. So as far as, uh, like, supplementation goes, mm -hmm. what's your approach with that? Is it is it whatever's in line with your diet? No, it's all year round. It's pre I'm pretty basic. I don't use a lot of supplements. All my supplements are geared, geared around my training. Um, so obviously I'll eat my three meals prior to training. And then once, you know, about half an hour before I start training, I'll go and get my, uh, BCAAs as well as my, uh, pre-stem free, which is our non-stem pre-formula. Why are you doing caffeine free? I've always done caffeine free. Um, for several reasons. I don't like a lot of caffeine. I like the crazy jittery feeling. Um, and I, I just need focus. I just need, you know, energy to get to the work. And, I, and the pre-stem free works great for me. And I add a little creatine to it as well, 10 grams of creatine. We all used it. We all know it helps. It works. And then obviously during training, I'm doing Entreplash, which is our BCA, EA formula, to obviously fuel the workout to, okay. and to help recover, get through the next exercise, to finish the actual workout itself, along with um, our carb source. The uh, super carb? Yes, super carb. Okay. And Absolutely. you prefer the super carb over like a Carbamax, which you guys also sell? Yeah, I, I like the super carb. Always, I've always used that formula. Um, it, it, it works well. It doesn't hurt my stomach at all. Yeah, digest very well, and I've used it with my protein as well as my uh, intra workout. Those two products, uh, the Super Carb and the Intra Blast, mm -hmm. are probably two of our best selling products in the entire store yeah. over the last like four to five years. And we just came out with the uh, iced, uh, uh, yeah, the sweet the, tea sweet version. Tea flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only problem with that is if you go Sweet Tea Intra Blast and Sweet Tea Super Carb, it's too much. Too, too yeah, sweet you, for you. Yeah, you gotta go unflavored Super Carb. So with what the you gotta sweet do is you gotta do half and half. This is what I do. So I do half of the super carb, half of the super carb um, sweet tea. So I do 50 grams okay. of, of super carb. So I do 25 of the sweet tea and 25 of the unflavored. Okay. So well, then, it, then it kind of balances it out a little bit. So for us, a lot of people are using uh, Intrablast and the cyclic dextrin uh, post-workout. Okay. So if you go sweet tea, sweet tea is too much. So yeah, you guys yeah. need to come out with a, a lemonade so that way we can make Arnold Palmer's with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those products. So, uh, Intraplast, obviously, it's brand chains, essentials. You get glutamine in there, mm -hmm. uh, and then you have stuff. Uh, you have electrolytes in there, exactly. and you have um, some stuff for cell hydration. Hydration, yeah. exactly. How important is hydration? It's it's a it's all day. You have to stay hydrated, man. Keep the muscle fueled. Keep the muscle cells full all all year, all day long. So you think it's important, like both dieting and bulking? Absolutely, all year. Yeah. I all year round. Doesn't matter if you're prepping or not. Stay hydrated, especially during the hot times. Um, you're training in a gym that's you know hot and stuff like that. You want to be able to maintain and get to the workout. You need to stay hydrated. Yeah, that so hydration and sleep for some reason have uh, been something that's gone to the wayside for a yeah, lot of the young absolutely. guys. 
Uh, nobody really talks about uh, sleep being crucial for growth and hydration. A lot of these guys, you know, they drink their energy drinks, they have their coffee. Uh, the, my fiance is a teacher in a kind of a ritzy school district locally, yep. and uh, they just put a Starbucks in their high school. Oh, so. Man. You know, we're, we're caffeinating these kids up, yeah. and, uh, you know, you're not a fan of caffeine. I didn't even have caffeine my entire life until I was 27. Okay. Uh, didn't like same reason. I just didn't like it, it, the anxious feeling. Yep, um, yep. And then it also suppressed my appetite. Oh, I didn't so, That makes sense. Yeah, the, the more caffeine I would drink, like, the less I would eat. That's how you eat. And, okay. you know, so I didn't like that aspect of it either. But uh, to, to touch on sleep a little bit, how much are you sleeping? I'm not going to lie. I mean, I get at per night, maybe when I'm prepping, three or four hours a night. But the thing is, I'm I'm resting throughout the day too. Resting how though? So if I'm, I I'll get home from cardio at five in the morning, and then I'll eat my first meal and go back to sleep. Now, the reason why I do cardio so early in the morning because my girlfriend does it with me, okay. and she has to be working pretty early. So I'll get up with her, do the cardio together, we'll train abs, and we'll come home. She'll go to work, I'll eat, and then go to sleep. Um, on top of that, aside from that, I get a lot of work done. I get grasping done. Um, I get ART. I get deep tissue massage. I get all that three times a week. And that helps a lot. So you're doing one of each, three times so no, a week? So I no, have, I have a PT guy who does my Graston and all my cupping okay. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. And then I see my guy, Big John, on Sundays who does my deep tissue work. That's a lot. It, it, it works, though. Yeah. You need it, especially when you're, getting, you're training hard every single day. It's absolutely needed. It, it helps with for not just recovery, just opening up the muscles, making things, you know, the blood flow a lot better, conditioning, because you're getting so much build up in like your body parts, your legs especially. When I go see, um, I train legs on Wednesdays. When I go see my guy Johan on Thursday, he's scraping my quads and hamstrings, just opening things up, helping the blood flow, helping to recover a lot faster. This way when I come to next leg day, next leg day I'm ready. I don't have to worry about it. When I was younger, my back, I uh, herniated a couple discs, and Same I had here. the next one was bulging, <laughs> so yeah. three in a row. And it was to the point where uh, Danielle would, would follow me to work and pull me out of my car. Uh, that's, how, that's how much pain I was in. And, I believe you. Uh, you know, they wanted to do surgery. They wanted to inject the cortisone and all that stuff. And I yep. told them, huh, hold off. Um, but as time went on, I found Graston. And mm -hmm. uh, so I went to a local person. And I only went to her two times. But she scraped um, my lower back. And she told me, she's like, your erectors are so thick. Like, I've never seen somebody with erectors this thick. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't yeah, know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we deadlift and we squat. <laughs> like, it's going to get thick. And uh, she scraped it. And then she, you know, she did the, the, the taping and all that hey, stuff. Tape? I don't know what the, the tape actually did. But I noticed, like, I could I, my my low back was in a different position, like completely different mm -hmm. position, and it actually uh, you know over time I was able to start squatting again, and even when I started squatting, my low back was now in a different position. Cause now it's loose. It, yeah, it's it's a lot. The tape, and then you say about the tape, the tape. Yeah, it does help. The tape helps a lot. I get a, I get taped every so often, especially in my shoulders because they're so just jacked up. He'll tape it a certain way to where he's able to allow for the blood flow to kind of just move through the through the actual muscle. So it does help. But again, with you obviously deadlifting as much as you were, you're going to be tight. So when he's, she's scraped, she's just opening things up, making things a lot looser. Open that whole area is just now going to be able to flow a lot better. So it sounds like me after, or it sounds to me, uh, after most of our conversation here, that everything that you do throughout your day revolves mm -hmm. around your training. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's recovery, fueling it, <laughs> growing afterwards, but everything goes after training you know what's crazy and it's and it, and it sounds bad probably like again i wake up and it's just i'm focused on training like even though i don't want to get up i'm in bed i have to get that first meal in because i'm timing everything so if i'm training at five o'clock i gotta eat at nine 
I gotta eat at 12, I gotta eat at 3, my pre-workout has to be at 4 o'clock. Like, everything is timed. So if I screw up my first meal, I'm, I'm, my yeah. day shot. Then I gotta move things around, I'm, I just, I get, I get antsy, I get aggravated. So again, like you said, my, my whole day is focused around training. Yeah. After training, I'm good. As long as I get that meal after training, I can do whatever. Right. Yeah. You ever feel like you just don't want to do it? Do what? Just the, the process. No. Like you don't want to. <laughs> why, would I, why would I do that? No. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you just want to sleep in I or mean, order a pizza or whatever. No. Nah, if, if, you know, if my girlfriend wants to go out for something and, you know, once in a while, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Especially in off season. But when prep starts, it's business. Like, and she gets it. She, okay, that's that's the the other part is a lot of uh, a lot of significant others, wives, girlfriends, whatever, uh, they don't get it. So they that structure now structures them, and they don't like that. Been there, done that. They're all yeah. exes now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but when you find one that's good, like I got now, it, it's yeah. she she met me as a bodybuilder, so she can't come in and say you have to. No, you can go with your husband <laughs> at that point. No, but she's very supportive. Um, she gets it. When prep starts for me, it starts for her. We'll right. do a cardio again in the morning. She starts her diet. Same time I start my diet. We train together. And she enjoys it. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. she, she's obviously getting better, but she's seeing me getting better. And she wants to win just as much as I want to win. The, 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 she the wants title. you to bring home that big check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we, we train together every single day for the past five years. That's good. I don't show anybody else but her. That's awesome. That's a good relationship to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Sean, I, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, awesome. Now, if our followers, and most of them already follow you, okay. but if they want to follow you, is the best place Instagram? Yeah, Instagram pretty much where I post all my videos, you know, any type of, you know, updates, anything like that. I'm, okay. I'm very big well, on Instagram. And what's your handle? It says at Sean Clarita. At Sean Clarita. Yeah. Cool. Guys, uh, give Sean a follow. He's going to put a, a, a strict competition on the Olympia this year. Oh, yeah. uh, he's looking absolutely massive. So give him a follow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you guys next time.